Coming up on Philosophy Talk. Procrastination. Can't believe you put it off until today, and then we couldn't do anything because Elaine runs out to apologize to a virgin, crosses against a light and knocks over Chinese delivery board. One of the greatest labor-saving inventions of today is tomorrow. Procrastination is the art of keeping up with yesterday. Let's get some Chinese. You want to order? All right, but then we got to get some work done. If it weren't for the last minute, I wouldn't get anything done. The sooner I fall behind, the more time I have to catch up. Come on, let's get it together. All right, you know what we should do? We should go to the movies. Anyone can do any amount of work, provided it isn't the work he's supposed to be doing at that moment. All right, let's just get to work. Bix? What'd you get, Bix? Well, you got a problem with the pen now? Our guest is Timothy Pitchell, director of the Procrastination Research Group at Carleton University. Only Robinson Crusoe had everything done by Friday. Procrastination. Coming up on Philosophy Talk. Oh, let's decide that tomorrow. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're coming to you from the studios of KALW San Francisco. Continuing conversations that begin at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus. Today, procrastination. It's a topic we've been putting off for quite a while. Ha ha ha. <laughs> That's a pretty obvious one, John. Now, John, everyone who knows you realizes that you are actually an expert practitioner of the procrastinating arts, and also that you've written a series of lovely essays on the topic. Why, thank you, Ken. I, I certainly have. And uh, my essay, Structured Procrastination, I think is the most read thing I've ever written. By the way, listeners can find it at structuredprocrastination.com. So that makes you an expert on uh, procrastination, both from an experiential and from a theoretical point of view. Uh, not really, Ken. Uh, my essay is a very short, somewhat tongue-in-cheek essay that, that is designed to make procrastinators feel better about themselves. I'm really good at that. But there are real experts on procrastination. One of the finest, Timothy Pitchell, who's director of the Procrastination Research Group at Carleton University, will join us in a bit. Now, he's a psychologist who's done research on why we procrastinate and also what the best methods are for dealing with it. You know, he's a psychologist, but that, and we're philosophers, so that leads to the question, why is procrastination a philosophical uh, issue or problem? Well, since the time of the Greeks, philosophers, at least some of them, have been puzzled by how we decide that something is the best thing to do, and then we don't do it. And procrastination is an example of that. For example, I decide the best thing to do, all things considered, is to get up from the couch, go to my desk, and grade some term papers. But instead of doing that, I lie on the couch and watch a rerun of Cheers for the fourth time. But that's just laziness. Is there really a philosophical problem about laziness, what laziness is? Well, maybe I finally get up, but instead of grading the papers, I start cleaning up the kitchen. Then I move on to cleaning up the garage. I'm not being lazy. I'm just not doing what I've decided it's best for me to do. That's procrastination, not laziness. Well, okay, so procrastination isn't laziness, at least not mere laziness, but it is a form of irrationality, I think. And is that so mysterious? People are irrational in lots of ways, and in some ways, thank goodness, because without uh, irrationality, we philosophers wouldn't have much work to do. Well, but if so, it's a very peculiar form of irrationality. Let me give you an analogy. Suppose you're multiplying 7 times 5 and adding 10. So you carefully figure out 7 times 5 is 35, add 10, and you have 45. And then you write down 
55. Well, but maybe that's just a slip of a pen. You don't really realize what you're doing. Well, it wouldn't be mysterious if it was a slip of the pen, but suppose you're very aware that the right answer is 45. It's the best answer to write down, but you intentionally, purposefully, deliberately, and carefully write down 55. That's peculiar, right? Very peculiar. Very, very peculiar. Well, procrastination seems a little bit like that. You figure out what's best to do, most important to do, the rational thing to do, the right answer to the question, what should I be doing, and then you do something else. Well, that certainly is puzzling. It's very People call that clear-eyed procrastination. You're looking the best in the eye, right in the face, and you do the not best. And that's really puzzling. Now, to really be puzzled by that, you need a, a certain picture of the will, that is, of how we decide what to do. It's like what you say, kind of transposed to the will. The picture is that deliberating is like figuring out the answer to a problem, the problem, in this case, of what to do. And acting is just drawing the conclusion, like writing down the answer in, y in your analogy. If that was the right picture, then procrastination and other forms of what philosophers like to call weakness of the will would be downright mysterious. Downright mysterious. Exactly. But now, do you have another picture? Well, uh, the phrase weakness of the will maybe suggests a a another picture, a kind of Humean picture. It, look, this, this picture distinguishes between the job of reason and the job of the will. The job of reason is to figure out the best thing to do. You know, but figuring out the best thing to do isn't wanting to do it, not automatically, not ipso facto. And what, that's what the will has to do. The will has to make you want to do what, what you figured out is best to do. But, you know, unfortunately, the will doesn't always get you all the way to wanting to do this thing. That's what weakness of the will is. It's, it's when you can't bring yourself to want to do what you figured out is what's best to do. And in procrastinators like you, that happens a lot. And in, you know, people like me, that happens too, but perhaps not as often. Well, philosophers like you and I are pretty good at spinning out theories, but psychologists have to actually put them to the test. And when our guest Timothy Pitchell joins us in a bit, he'll help us choose between our rather half-baked ideas or more likely suggest something better. But first, our roving philosophical reporter, Caitlin Ash, hits the streets to find the procrastinator is among us. She files this report. Everyone procrastinates. The waitress who wants to become a student. I'm procrastinating going back to school, you know, because of lack of funds. The student who wants to finish school and start a career. It's more long-term things that I'm procrastinating, which is applying for jobs or doing grad school research and stuff like that. And the guy with three jobs already. Like I'm still attempting to do lots of stuff in my life when a lot of them I know might not ever be able to get done. Yes, we all procrastinate. Uh, I procrastinate all the time about uh, housework. And I, I need to fix my brakes on my bike. I put off doing most things, from laundry to writing papers and studying for exams. It's a mentality, really. It's a lifestyle. I'm procrastinating a 10 by 7 foot drawing of an inverted person. <laughs> But why do we put off even the simplest tasks? Sometimes you just don't feel like you want to do the work, and other times there are more exciting things around. Sometimes it's because I feel like I'll do a better job later when I'm more like focused, and I never really feel that focused. You find a lot of little things that you can do before having to complete anything else. So usually you can keep yourself busy procrastinating. Some people are hard on themselves when they procrastinate, feel stressed, on edge, or even guilty. Anxiety is one. I think that's like the biggest one. And that goes with the reason as to why I am procrastinating certain things and the effects of procrastinating as well. So it's kind of like this 
endless cycle that I'm kind of fueling and feeling the repercussions of. <laughs> Anxiety would definitely be up there, but um, it's exciting at the same time too to have to just kind of work really hard to come up with a, a solid product even though you don't have that much time left. Still others are relatively unfazed by procrastination and claim they prefer to work under the stress of a tight deadline. Sometimes I actually do it on purpose because I feel like I work better under pressure and a lot of times it does work out. When I have that pressure then I actually do a pretty good job. But most would agree I might have done a better job on that paper midterm job application if I had just started sooner. Once I start the anxiety kicks in and it's a lot of I wish I would have started earlier. I always think I could have done a better job if I started earlier but while I'm procrastinating I think I'll just be really effective once I actually start. That's what I tell myself. <laughs> For Philosophy Talk, I'm Caitlin Ash. Want to hear more? You can find the complete episode on iTunes Music, or for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.